Hey everyone, I'm Russ Willett from PipesAndCigars.com and welcome to PNC's Talking Tobacco Live. Um, the, uh, the year's starting off to be busier than I expected and um, I'm always glad about that. Um, not only am I happy that, uh, that things are going well for PNC, um, but also it means that uh, I'm not sitting around trying to figure out what's next. Um, things are coming uh, rather fast and furious. Uh, one of the things that uh, that's on my plate for this year is to get new pipe furniture. Um, a couple of our sources for uh, racks and and uh, wall shelving units and things like that for pipes uh, have kind of dried up. So we've been scouring the globe, and I mean that literally, uh, to find new sources for uh, pipe racks and pipe stands, and uh, we're. Um, we're working on it. Uh, I've already gotten some samples and I'm waiting for more. Uh, so um, hopefully we'll figure out where we're going and, and what we're getting um, in the next few weeks. And then from there, uh, it'll be a matter of um, arranging for uh, for the products that we we picked out so uh hopefully that's something you'll see sometime later this year i think there's probably going to be a quicker turnaround on on the racks um so uh once we decided what we want and we'll probably see um, the items that we selected by sometime in late summer, early fall. So looking forward to that. Uh, working on a number of uh, new pipes. Some are already on order. Others uh, will be soon. Um, we have uh, some new tobaccos coming. I'll give you... Um, a hint on one, and that would be um, the new Bengal Slices Barrel Age, which is part of the reason I'm wearing the Bengal Slices shirt today. Um, the Bengal Slices Single Barrel is going to be different because the kind of barrel we selected is very different. Um, this particular one started out, the barrel started out as um, a bourbon barrel. And then after the bourbon was decanted, it was purchased by another U.S. manufacturer and they make an Americanized version of Scotch whiskey 
but when they make theirs, they put it in bourbon barrels um, to, to do their aging. And so these barrels have the unique property of having the essence of both bourbon and a, a type of scotch uh, that have aged in it. And so um, that will be coming fairly soon, uh, probably sometime next month. And, um, and so it's going to be the, it's going to be a, a medium body blend infused with these uh, essences. So I, I'm really intrigued about this particular one. We've done bourbon barrels. We've done uh, tequila barrels uh, to this point. Uh, I will probably try to do... Um, uh, some, something in the future with barrels of schnapps, but, um, but this one I find intriguing because, uh, the, the impact is very subtle and, uh, and I, I really want to see what, uh, this has turned out like. Um, two of our recently released, uh, blends, uh, have, uh, turned out to be, uh, quite popular, uh, in the early stages and are so also among some of the staff. Uh, John Cotton's double pressed Galway, um, is an aromatic, uh, not overly aromatic, but very pleasant in aroma. And uh, the flavor is, you can notice more of the flavoring in this particular blend than you can uh, with most aromatics. Um, if you haven't tried it, uh, it's, it's new. But if you're an aromatics fan uh, and you, you like a smooth, sweet flavor and uh, a nice aroma, uh, I would definitely put that on my list to try. And also, uh, we have the Hearth and Home Slow Age Series Home Sweet Home. And Home Sweet Home is a Virginia Burley blend, uh, leaning more on the Burley. Uh, also an aromatic. Um, and it delivers a slightly sweet flavor uh, with a really room-pleasing aroma. So um, those are out and we have more to come. Um, David says he's thinking uh, cognac or armagnac uh, barrels. Yeah, um, certainly cognac or brandy uh, would be something uh, to look at. We've tried something in the past with wine barrels. Um, I wasn't very pleased with the result, but maybe if we can find the right kind of wine, we can uh, we can make it work. Um, I'd especially like to find uh, uh, a ruby port barrel. 
to see what we could do there. Uh, that that's something you could use to really add a a, a nice sweetness to a blend. But we have um, we have more to come. So that's what we have um, as far as uh, new stuff popping up. Uh, and now we can go to what's happening on PNC. And so, what is happening on PNC? Well, number one, Birds of a Feather Eccentric has landed. No pun intended. And well, maybe it was. Um, and uh, this is a unique version um, of a Virginia Perique blend. I know David's tried it and then likes it quite a bit. Um, that's a very uh, interesting looking bird on the, uh, on the lid. Uh, David has tried it and said uh, it's excellent. So I, uh, I definitely, and of course, um, if Pear blended it uh, using uh, Sutliff components, I have no doubt it's going to be um, certainly few people in this world have a palate and an ability to blend uh, like Pear and, uh, and Sutliff has some of the finest tobaccos out there. So this uh, unique combination of talents and uh, and components um, has has made this uh, very different. Um, David says it's sort of a unique spin on a vapor, and considering that they use a form of perique made from Caterini Oriental. Um, you know that this is going to be something uh, unlike anything you've ever tried before. Um, as far as it goes, I was privileged enough to uh, try the Caterini Oriental, um, not last year, but in 21. I was at uh, the the Richmond uh, Pipe Show, and uh, Pear was supposed to be there along with Jeremy Reeves from uh, Cornell and Deal. Um, Pear couldn't travel uh, because of ongoing COVID restrictions, and uh, Jeremy had something come up uh, where he couldn't attend so I wound up doing the seminars, excuse me. Uh, I ended up doing the seminars by myself. Uh, and I happened to notice that Mark Ryan had made it. And I asked him if he would like to join me um, in the presentation uh, so that I mean, obviously, Mark's done in, an incredible amount of blending. 
uh, he he runs the Parikh operation and everything. So he was in um, in a position to really be able to help uh, everyone uh, with his knowledge. And so Mark and I did the um, did the seminars together, and he happened to have a sample of this Caterini Parikh. And I have to tell you, it's unlike anything that I've ever smoked. So if there's uh, some of that in eccentric, um, you know, that might not be a very uh, poor name uh, for this product because um, it's using an eccentric component, uh, one that's never been used commercially before. Um, that's Birds of a Feather Eccentric, and we have it at 1376. Um, jump on board. Banditos just introduced three new flavors. Now, I know we, um, we far and away concentrate on pipes here, um, but most of you know that I enjoy uh, a cigar. Um, and it kind of shocked me when we came down here 10 years ago. At that point, um, cigars were probably about 40% of our business. It's still about 30%. Um, but at that time, we were mostly selling a lot of the uh, premium boutique brands, a lot of the super premiums. Um, and a lot of the traditional favorites like Macanudo and Punch. And, and, um, and so uh, a couple of years ago when I did a sales report on cigars, I was shocked because now the number one selling cigar on PNC are Benditos. Now, these are inexpensive. You can see the prices there. They work out to just a little over a half a buck a cigar. They are handmade in the Dominican Republic, hand-rolled, and um, they're, um, they're not, not powerful cigars. They're, they're mellow cigars. Uh, but they're great for this time of year, and most of them have a, a pretty smooth draw on them. Uh, you get 60 in one pouch, um, and you can get a special deal if you buy two pouches. Uh, the original Smooth and Sweet just has a sweetened cap, and it's, it's pretty mellow. On the end, you have the Dark and Rich. Uh, it uses a slightly more robust tobacco blend and a little bit more pronounced uh, flavor on the cap. Then they've also added Russian cream, which uh, is the, the implication flavor-wise of a white Russian. Uh, so uh, you get a coffee and cream uh, type of flavor added to the cap. Uh, with a nice smooth blend. And then um, we have the Honeyberry, 
which is a nice combination that's been used on cigars before. Um, and that combination of honey and fruit on the cap uh, make for a very pleasant smoke. Um, Sean jumped on board and says he's got some Sam Gallet Black Double X Twist coming his way. Make sure you're sitting down when you smoke it, Sean, and don't stand up fast. Um, David said definitely uh, the Caterini Perique adds dark fruit, tastes not a lot of spice, but a unique herby mellowness. It's hard to describe, but really makes the blend shine. Sean says banditos are perfect for quicker smoke because people don't have time to smoke bigger ones for an hour or longer. Yeah, and especially at this time of year, Sean, um, we always have an uptick in the sale of uh, smaller cigars and uh, cigarillos at this time of year because a good portion of the country is too cold to really uh, go out and, you know, enjoy 45 minutes to an hour um, with the cigar. Those of you who are fortunate enough to be able to smoke indoors, um, you can smoke anything you want. But for those of us you know, who have to go outside to grab a puff, uh, the Banditos are a really good choice. And especially for those people who will smoke in their vehicle, they're just about ideal for the average commute. Uh, you light up and you'd be finished by the time you arrive. Uh, these great little cigars, they're certainly inexpensive enough. Um, and with the new flavors giving you more options, uh, they're, they're pretty great. I, I really enjoy uh, an occasional uh, Bandito. Um, we have our Winter Blues flash sale up to 75% off on items. Um, and that includes pipes, tobaccos, accessories, and more, including items like Captain Black and Borkham Riff. Uh, and there you can see uh, a few of the items that have been added. So uh, take a look at these and you can save yourself a bunch of money. Um, you know, at this time uh, of year, since we're past the holidays, uh, this is the time we try to identify items that... Uh, uh, we may be overstocked on or items that uh, we may be discontinuing or the manufacturer uh, may be discontinuing and we lump them into a category and offer people really strong deals. Uh, so uh, this is no exception. If you want to save yourself some money and get some uh, some nice items, by all means, take a look at the flash sale. And then, uh, new, we uh, put this slide up for the first time last week, is GOP's bank side. Um, this is his new Virginia Perique Flake, but it also includes uh, some dark fired and Latakia to make it different. Um, 
we're seeing an awful lot of Virginia Perique products being introduced. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm a little shocked. It's a smaller category. Um, but for the connoisseur, um, most people who enjoy uh, premium blends uh, do like Virginia Perique blends. Uh, I like them myself. But uh, but at the same time, it just seems like uh, a whole bunch of uh, Virginia Perique blends have come out recently. Uh, so anyway, we do have it. It's available for twelve seventy five. And um, if you if you like uh, Virginia Perique blends, but you don't think they have enough depth or there's something missing. Give this a try because uh, with the inclusion of the dark fired and Latakia, uh, I think you might you might find this will do it for you when uh, typical Virginia Perites don't. Captain Black cans and pouches are fifteen percent off. Um, what's what more is there to say? Number one selling brand of aromatics uh, in the country at 15% off. Uh, and this is something that people look forward to uh, throughout the year is a sale on Captain Black. So, um, so jump on that one. Um, Zachariah says there seemed to be a sizable investment in the uh, Perique producers over the last four or so years. Actually, it's closer to a dozen years, Zachariah, uh, when Mark Ryan took over the Galet Pochet uh, Perique factory. Uh, first thing he did was to raise the uh, investment in the farmers, uh, paying them a higher rate for the tobacco. When he started, there were only four farmers uh, that grew Perique for him. And uh, that was barely enough to be able to meet demand. Uh, when he jacked up the, uh, the going rate he was paying for Perique, um, it rapidly grew. And now there are 11 farmers uh, growing Perique in the Golden Triangle section of St. James Parish. Then to uh, make their lives uh, a little bit easier, he did two things. Number one, he hired people uh, to do the stripping of the leaves. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, um, these leaves come in, they're kind of a, a football shape. They're not huge, but they're fairly large. And they have a very thick woody vein that run down the center. Um, you don't want to try to make Perique with that rib intact. Uh, it's very tough and, and hard to work with. So somebody's got to strip that out. And when they remove that vein, um, it basically it comes to a point at the top and then the leaf flares out and then you have this notch in the bottom and they call it frog's legs because 
uh, after the vein is taken out, it sort of looks like a pair of frog's legs. Anyway, um, the farmers used to have to strip the, uh, the leaves, uh, but Mark hired people to work in his plant. So now all the, the farmers have to do is harvest the leaves um, and, and do the, uh, the air curing. And they bring them in to Mark, and the, he has people to do the stripping. So that, that's a time and money saver for them. But the other thing, the other thing that um, he did was to build a couple of greenhouses. Now, being down in Louisiana, they have a fairly long uh, growing season. But um, the dead of the winter is still a little cool. Uh, so what, what uh, they have done in the past typically is they've started them, uh, started the plants uh, in a protected area as best they could. And then they took the seedlings out and planted them when the, when the weather warmed up. A uh, greenhouse is certainly more effective. It's it's going to be uh, warmer. Um, it's going to get the plants will get plenty of sunlight, and this really has uh, made it easier for them to put a semi-matured plant into the ground, which is going to be hardier and more resistant. Uh, to mold and uh, to to too much or too little rain. So um, the greenhouse has had a big effect. And, uh, and Mark has made that, uh, that investment for uh, about a dozen years or, or more. Um, and then we have this week's tobacco of the week, which is Orlick Golden Sliced. Year in, year out, always in our top 10 selling tins. Um, bright Virginias uh, with some orange mixed in. And uh, a whisper of Perique pressed into flakes. And super popular um, it, among uh, Danish um, pipe makers. Um, it's, it's really a wonderful blend. And... Um, as, as Virginia Perique's go, it's got a mellow, gentle flavor. So um, for those of you who like it, uh, save yourself uh, some money right now. And for those of you who haven't tried it, if you find you like Virginia's um, and haven't waded into Virginia Perique's much because you think that they may be a little over the top for you. Um, Orlick Golden Sliced is about as mellow as a Virginia Perique gets. Um, yeah, David says some vapors work for him, and, but many don't. Uh, Felix says, off topic, have we ever considered a point redemption system for purchases on PNC for us faithful smokers? Uh, we are in the process of discussing some kind of a loyalty program. Um, we are also going to have a subscription program 
up and running soon. So yes, there there's talk about a, a redemption program. The only issue with that is it is it re requires uh, input from IT, um, and they are so incredibly busy all the time um, that it's a slow process. But uh, yes, we we are definitely talking about some kind of a loyalty program, and then as far as the subscription program. Um, if you're the kind of person who smokes the same tobacco all the time, uh, if you regularly need the same pipe cleaners or pipe filters, things like that, you'll be able to subscribe and save. Um, you will get a discount that the amount hasn't been determined yet, but you'll get a discount on your regular purchase. You can set the interval. So you can get it every two weeks, every month, every two months, whatever. And um, you can you can select that. And then you don't have to worry about running out because uh, we are going to um, make sure that those are fulfilled on a regular basis. And if an item is frequently out of stock, um, the people who subscribe would be the first ones uh, to get their back orders filled. Um, Zachariah says, thanks for the background of Parikh production. Uh, I remember seeing a YouTube video about Ryan's Parikh push. Yes, and, you know, uh, it, it can't be overstated what Mark has done for Parikh. You know, people talk all the time. There's only one manufacturer of Parikh, and that's Percy Martin. Well, if, if that's the case, then the only place you can get Perique is to smoke American uh, spirit cigarettes because his crops all go to uh, American spirit. Uh, Mark is the one who makes Perique commercially available for pipe tobacco blenders. So those of you who think there's only one maker of Parikh, you're wrong. Uh, Mark is the one who makes the, the uh, tobacco for the pipe market and for anybody else uh, that wants to manufacture, that wants to purchase it. Um, David uh, says he loves Orlick Dark Fired um, and fortunately has some stash. Yeah, the uh, uh, the we we pushed for the dark strong Kentucky, uh, we got it back, and then um, sales were too slow to continue it, unfortunately. But I I really like uh, Orlick dark strong. Um, Felix, uh, you're more than welcome. I, I I am always happy to answer questions. Um, Zachariah said, saving on shipping would be the biggest draw uh, for him. Um, we will, we don't have the program all nailed down. So I don't know if they're going to do free shipping or not, um, or reduced price shipping. Uh, what I, uh, what I do know is that the plans are in motion for a subscription service. Um, so, 
uh, I'll keep you updated as I learn more. Um, okay, so back to uh, what we have here. January's monthly deal is uh, McBaron ceramic jar for only ten dollars when you um, when you buy a one pound bag of any Sutliff tobacco. Uh, and the McBaron jar is larger than most. Most of the ceramic jars that we have available are, are jars that will hold about 8 ounces of tobacco. Uh, the McBaron jar will hold 12 to 16, depending on the tobacco. You know, if you're talking about something like uh, Blending Virginia, you probably can only get about 12 ounces in there. Um, but if you're smoking something like Lane's BCA, uh, which is quite moist, uh, you can probably get a pound in there with no problem. Uh, so that's the, the deal on, uh, on McBaron and Sutliff for January. Um, and of course the clock is ticking on January. Uh, there will be a new deal next week for February, uh, and it's going to be Missouri Mersham, uh, and it's a really neat uh, combination promotion uh, for the month. So um, that'll change next week. Zachariah says uh, he's been really surprised at the quality of the Sutliff, Virginia, having first come to them for the aromatics, which he doesn't care for. Um, you know, that that was because they concentrate so much on aromatics, and why wouldn't they? Uh, they're more than 90% of the U.S. pipe tobacco market. Uh, they should concentrate on it if they want to stay in business. But, yeah, the quality of their Virginias are high because they have ongoing contracts uh, with these growers, and I, if I were if I were a farmer, grower, processor, and I'm looking to um, and I'm looking to to sell my tobacco, um, I want to cultivate a good relationship with a customer, and the best way to do that is if they want a contract purchasing my tobacco on a regular basis, I make sure they get the good stuff. Because if you send them so-so quality tobacco, uh, they're going to want out of the contract. So, um, yeah, the quality of their tobaccos is is more than fine and that's why we moved hearth and home production to Sutliff uh, about a dozen years ago uh, because we knew that they could do uh, justice to our blends with the quality of their leaf uh, david says Sutliff has some of the finest leaves available today i agree sweet virginia and uh, virginia slices have both treated uh, Zachariah well. Uh, Sweet Virginia is a broken flake. Um, and that, as far as I know, is actually uh, manufactured for them uh, by 
uh, McBaron. Um, the Virginia slices, I also believe, come from Denmark. Um, but um, they are very nice tobaccos. So my cigar clippings this week are some tips about uh, humidor maintenance. Um, one of the um, regular comments I get from cigar people is that all of a sudden their humidor isn't holding moisture anymore. And almost always when I get that comment, it happens from the middle of fall to the middle of spring. And what's common about that? Well, that period of time obviously is colder, which means that you're running heat in your home. Um, and winter air tends to be drier to begin with. So you have a, a drier environment to begin with. You have to do something about that, no matter how good your humidification system is. Well, the solution in 95% of the cases or more, it's not your, your humidification device. Um, and it's not even if you're keeping a close enough eye on uh, the humidity. It's the seal. The interior of the humidor is typically made of Spanish cedar, uh, which is a relatively soft wood. It's also hygroscopic. It takes on and gives off moisture fairly easily. And when the room gets dry, the cedar that's most exposed is going to dry out. And the part of the cedar that's most exposed is the lip of the seal, that raised part that fits into the lid a little more tightly. When it dries out, it leaves gaps. And even though you couldn't maybe see those gaps, they exist and you get air movement and then your cigars will get drier. So one of the easiest things you can do to keep your humidor in good condition is when you refill your humidification device, regardless of whether it's the forest foam type, the, the crystal or gel type, uh, or you have an active system um, like the Humicare um, electronic humidification that I use. Um, when you refill the, the humidification device, dampen a cloth with some of the, whatever you're putting in the humidification system, whether it's uh, a, a, a PG solution or it's straight distilled water, dampen a cloth with it and wipe down that raised lip um, and do it a couple of times if you can with some space in between 
the wood will take on the moisture, it'll swell up, and all of a sudden your, your seal is going to be tight again. Um, another uh, thing about uh, maintaining your humidor actually has to do with your buying habits. Try to keep your humidor at least half full. Um, the less airspace there is in there, the less your humidification device has to work. So um, keep those lips on the humidor uh, moisturized and, uh, and keep your humidor fairly full. And that's going to go a long way toward um, keeping your humidor in good shape. So that's um, that. Um, Zacharias is currently loving uh, burly cake and anniversary cake. Uh, thank you for the compliment, Zachariah. I appreciate it. Um, burly cake is the blend that took me the longest to make. It, it was almost three years uh, before I got that one down to the point where uh, I brought it to market because I wasn't happy with the previous iterations. Uh, but anniversary cake didn't take very long at all and, um, and is still um, the number one seller uh, in the Hearth and Home Signature Series after, uh, um, well, more than 10 years now. Sean says Vermont meat candy is his favorite hearth and home. Uh, yeah, again, it, it's got a fun backstory to it, but uh, it, it's definitely an out of the box tobacco. Um, Zachariah said, interesting to know that those two uh, Sutliff blends are McMarron. Um, well, at that point, um, when they came out, uh, Sutliff hadn't done flakes yet. They were only doing crumble cakes. So they had to go to Denmark uh, to get those uh, flake products. Um, Sean also likes anniversary cake. Thank you. David says, well, McFerrin is the owner of Sutliff. And between them, they have, have access to some of the best leaf from all over the world. And that's certainly true. The, uh, the bigger you are. Um, the better your bargaining uh, position is. So you can make deals to get some of the best stuff. And, uh, and I certainly uh, think that they've done a fine job. Oh, also, don't forget the Samwell Pipes of the Year are out now. It's that unique new shape. Um, it's uh, this uh, really neat looking shape. It's kind of a cross between the cutty and the horn. Um, the bowl's kind of an acorn shape, but it, it's different. It's not like anything else um, that Sutliff has ever done. It's their first new shape in at least a dozen years. Comes with the silver band. Um, so we definitely uh, may want to uh, to add uh, one of those to your next shopping spree. So uh, now let's get on to our topic today. 
and um, we're going to talk about Orientals. And there are more than 40 varietals of Orientals, uh, a lot of which, unfortunately, uh, are either grown in super small quantities, not enough uh, to be commercially viable uh, for use in um, larger uh, pipe tobacco brands. Uh, and some of them, I'm sure, just aren't being grown at all anymore. Uh, it was routine for me to be able to, 40 years ago, um, work with um, tobaccos like Bashi Bagley, um, Kavala, um, Hala, and, and so many others. Uh, today, because less and less is being used, they have to kind of mix uh, blends uh, of different Orientals that have similar qualities, uh, just because if you were to try to use um, and then acquire uh, straight Yeniji, um, you might have a hard time getting what you need. So unfortunately, a lot of them have gone by the wayside. Um, and most of what you're working with today are amalgamations of different Orientals. Um, and we have, um, and we have uh, a, a lot of, of different ones that have unique uh, characteristics. Um, it would be great to use them on their own, but uh, some of them just aren't available by themselves anymore. Uh, Turkish tobaccos, talking about Turkish, uh, they're a subset of Orientals. The name depends on where they're grown. Uh, so basically, if an Oriental is grown in Turkey, it's a Turkish tobacco. Um, but not all Orientals are Turkish. All Turkish tobaccos, however, are Orientals. Um, examples of Turkish versus Oriental, uh, where it's very close, Smyrna and Izmir are very, very similar. And uh, I'm sure started out as the same plant. But um, but one is Turkish, one's an Oriental because of where they're grown. Um, there's nothing you can say in particular that that is tremendously different about um, the way the plants are grown and harvested and cured uh, between uh, Turkey and Greece, but, um, and Thrace, which is like in between them. Uh, you, you can't uh, differentiate that way. It's definitely based on, on flavor and even uh, within each of these countries, the different varietals have widely different flavors. Uh, so uh, I just wanted to touch on 
Turkish and Oriental differentiation, uh, but it's really not that important. You can call them all Oriental. The leaves are typically sun-cured, so where Burley is put in a barn with uh, air flowing through it to cure the leaves, and Virginia is put in a barn that's indirectly heated um, to dry out the leaves. Uh, it's totally different for Orientals. Uh, they're laid out in the sun uh, to dry out. Uh, the leaves tend to be uh, smaller than Virginia's and Burley's, uh, and a lot of them are shaped differently. Uh, some of them uh, have the same shape as aspen leaves, which is kind of an inverted heart shape. Um, there's a lot of variety, um, and the yield isn't as high because the leaves are smaller. Uh, but uh, orientals exhibit more variety um, than varietals of Virginia or, or Burley. Um, with those, they tend to all be in somewhat the same uh, flavor and aroma range, um, although they certainly can be different from one another based on where it's grown, how exactly the curing is done and all. But for the most part, you're going to get that uh, fresh sweetness uh, with Virginia. Uh, you're going to get a, um, a nutty uh, flavor with uh, quite a bit less sweetness from Burley. And, um, and that pretty much holds true no matter where you get it from. But Orientals, uh, you can uh, grow uh, two Orientals on opposite sides of the road using the same seeds, and you'll get two very different plants. They're grown primarily in Greece, Turkey, Bulgaria, with some being grown in India and Africa. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for the most part, for a long time, the... Um, processors concentrated on Greece and Turkey um, because they were producing quite a bit. Um, their production is way down. Um, Bulgaria stepped in. It's in the same general region. So they were able to, um, to help uh, fill in the gap. And, and quite frankly, some of the Bulgarian Orientals uh, are astoundingly good, and I use some of the Bulgarian in some of uh, my blends, and I like it very much. It has qualities similar to Basma and Yeniji, uh, which are, again, also a couple of my favorites. Um, but they can be grown in India and Africa. Uh, flavors are certainly different. Uh, but grown from those seeds. And uh, talking about growing the Orientals in different places, um, they tried to grow Orientals in the U.S., but the results were disappointing. 
Um, it was the 1950s, I believe. Uh, and I, I am back, uh, just so you know. Um, they, they tried um, drawing us in the 1950s. Uh, the main reason being one of the most popular cigarettes at the time was uh, Camel. And uh, Camel was Virginia Burley and Oriental still today. Um, and the Turkish tobaccos were more expensive. Luckily enough, the flavors were potent enough that uh, you, you didn't have to use a tremendous amount in the blend to be noticeable. So they thought if they could grow them in the U.S., well, that would be, you know, that would be ideal. So they brought seeds over to the U.S. and tried to grow them. And um, within three generations, it went from being oriental tobacco uh, like to turning into burley which really if you think about it makes sense the seeds that they used over in turkey and greece etc came from from the new world they they were sent over. Well, mostly everything was similar to what we have today um, as Burley. Uh, and so it, the, the seeds went over there. They were basically Burley seeds. And then through generations of growing, the microclimate and the soil and all um, contributed to changes in the flavor and the leaves and the shapes. And, and when you take the seeds from those plants and bring them back to their area of origin, they're going to eventually turn back into what they started as. And so um, it really has more to do with the soil and the climate, the water, um, the growing and curing methods, uh, as it does the seed. So uh, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, but for those people who said we should grow them here, it doesn't work. The flavors can range from vegetal, herbal, floral, to earthy and somewhat spicy. Um, you get the floral and herbal notes uh, from ones like Basma, Drama, um, and there's some vegetal notes mixed in there too. Uh, and then things like Smyrna and Izmir can be earthy with a little bit of spice, and there's varietals in between. Uh, there are ones that exhibit some of the characteristics of two or three of the others. Um, but they add an exotic flavor that 
you don't get otherwise. Um, and that's what they deliver. As far as how they compare to Virginia and Burley, they're higher in oil than Virginia. They're um, higher in sugar than Burley. So they sit in between. Um, they're, they're not going to be as sweet as Virginia's. They're not going to be as smoky as Burley's. Um, they're, um, and they tend to be thinner and more delicate leaves, so they can burn fast if uh, they're not cut large enough. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks for monitoring things and uh, keeping an eye on on the, the process here, uh, folks. Thank you. Um, but one of the things that some of the Orientals, especially in Niji and Drama and Basma, uh, can do is they act not only to modify and meld with, but they tend to amplify some of the characteristics of Latakia. And that's where they're most commonly used, is in uh, Virginia and, um, uh, not Virginia, sorry, in um, English and Balkan blends. Um, for it to be an English blend using the common terminology, which I don't prefer. Uh, but to be an English blend, the Orientals have to be in the background. Um, it, it should be Latakia first. Uh, the secondary note will come from the Virginias. And then the Orientals add intrigue. Um, whereas in a Balkan, the Orientals now move into the secondary spot. You get Latakia and then you get a secondary flavor of Orientals, just like Bengal Slices, uh, which definitely leans on those Orientals like Yeniji uh, for um, that unique, uh, almost perfumey uh, type of uh, aroma, uh, which most people say smells like incense. And I definitely agree with that after having been an altar boy for like six years when I was a kid. Um, but it does smell like church incense. Anyway, um, these are the, um, these are the uh, tobaccos in the Oriental range. Next week, um, we'll get into uh, the miscellany. We'll get into the, the different um, tobaccos that don't fall into these major categories, and we'll briefly touch on them. And, you know, we'll also talk about things like um, Black Cavendish isn't a tobacco. Black Cavendish is tobacco that's been processed a certain way. So we'll touch on those. 
but since they start off as other tobaccos, uh, we won't get into them very deep uh, next week. But other ones like um, Perique, Darkfire, they're all in Latakia. They're all going to come into this uh, conversation for next week. And speaking of next week, I'm finally making arrangements to go up and see my kids for a few days. I'm going to leave on a Friday, so I will still be here um, next Thursday uh, to do this. And then on Friday morning, I'll um, head on my way up to Albany uh, to visit with my kids. Um, if you're listening to this and you're from the Albany area, um, reach out to me uh, if you have contact information. If not, uh, you can reach me at russo at pipes, andcigars.com. Let me know that uh, if you're going to be available over that weekend um, and uh, we can uh, meet up. Uh, for a bite to eat, or we can meet at uh, at uh, Havana Premium to uh, to enjoy a smoke. Um, and I'll I'll be there uh, from Friday through Sunday, and uh, and then I'm going to take Monday off to recover from the drive because it's different when I was twenty. Um, you know, I, I had no problem with driving five, six, seven hundred miles in a day. Uh, now at my age, I don't enjoy driving anywhere near as much as I used to. Uh, plus, when you get to this age, you have to stop more frequently. You folks may know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, so I'll drive back later on Sunday, and I'm just going to use Monday to uh, to kind of rest up after uh, after that drive. Um, so we'll be doing that uh, next uh, next week, and um, we thank you all for spending an hour, uh, whether you're doing it live right now or whether you're watching this delayed throughout the week on PNC's Facebook page, uh, we're certainly glad to have you aboard. And your comments are important, uh, whether you're watching it live or whether you're, you're coming to us later. Uh, I still want the, your comments and questions. Drop them in. I will know and I will look at them. And I will do uh, everything I can uh, to uh, reply if needed. Um, uh, and let me touch on these before we run off. Uh, Zachariah says he loves smoking Orientals, but they take a practiced hand to blend. Uh, my personal blends ended up very Oriental heavy. Uh, I read the warnings that they would take over a blend but it takes way less than you would think. And that's absolutely true. Um, the highest uh, percentage of Orientals I've ever used in a blend is about 30%. Uh, 
uh, and that's with other tobaccos that are very aggressive in flavor. Uh, most of the time, 10 to 20% is more than, than you uh, require to, to notice the flavor. Um, David says he's curious about the ones from, say, Java, etc. Yeah, they're mostly used for cigar tobacco, but Java is one of those uh, Orientals grown. And thanks for the uh, good wishes on the trip. I thank you. Um, Zachariah says, what is an example of the Bulgarian that you could purchase? Purchase some of the Peter Stoke would be 313 and loved it straight, buttery floral and incense. Um, you really probably can't purchase it. It's not available at retail. It's only available at the uh, manufacturer level. Um, I use some Bulgaria, uh, Bulgarian in White Knight and Black House. Um, so if you want to see what they, they do, uh, there's some in those blends. David says, tell me about it. He's driven almost a thousand miles in one shot and now 50 is a long drive. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with it. Um, he's gonna, Sean says he's gonna have to search videos on how to smoke a cigar pipe. It's a new thing to him. Yeah, um, I don't know that there's that much out there. I, I've tried them. Um, the experience wasn't a particularly satisfying one for me. Um, but, you know, I'd love to be able to find one that works for me because uh, they're great if you're walking the dog. Um David says everyone stay safe and healthy and enjoy the smoke. And you're certainly welcome for whatever little information I can impart here. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, that you had uh, a good time today. And uh, again, keep those comments coming. And you notice at the bottom, we're now on Spotify. Um, folks from social media have taken... Um, the audio portion of our Facebook Live and have ripped it and uh, made it available as a podcast on Spotify. Uh, if you want to listen, uh, go to Spotify and look up PNC's Talking Tobacco. And then you'll be able to listen to this pretty much wherever you go. Um, in fact, um, in March, I'm having a new um, car radio installed. Uh, there's nothing wrong with my car radio, um, but it's it's outdated. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of features. Uh, and I do use my phone a lot um, to stream music while I'm driving. And I got all the components. I'm getting a Kenwood uh, stereo put in. But I wasn't able to get an appointment for uh, installation until March. Um, but this also um, solves one other thing that I was a little annoyed with. 
and that is uh, the car doesn't have a backup camera, but when they install the new radio, they're going to install a backup camera. And, um, and, and that's, that's important for me because maybe some of you agree with this. Maybe you don't. I always prefer to back into a parking space when I'm, I'm in a parking lot um, because I'm more concerned about pulling out than I am with pulling in. You know, if you're going to get smacked, it's most likely because you can't see the vehicles coming down um, the lot and you back out blindly and somebody's too close and they tap you. So I prefer to back in, um, but I always wind up having to jockey the car because I can never line it up with the lines and get it in there perfectly. So they'll put in the backup camera and then I'll be able to do what I prefer uh, with a lot less fiddling around. Uh, David says now that he has a backup camera, he, he'd always want one. So. Uh, anyway, I'm going to solve that problem, but the new radio is going to be touchscreen and uh, and doing stuff like listening to podcasts and listening to uh, online music is going to be that much simpler. Plus, the radio is going to have uh, Android Auto, which will make everything a lot easier. Anyway, that, so that's going to be done in... Uh, about five, six weeks. Um, in the meantime, I've got plenty of other things going on. Uh, so anyway, have a great week, everyone. And uh, I'll be back here next week. Uh, enjoy yourselves. I'm Russ Willette from PipesAndCigars.com. Thanks for watching.